Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of At the Movies with William Fletcher. As per usual, I am your host, William Fletcher, and I am joined, as per usual, by Harry Jobson. What a do? And finally, after flaking on us for the last two weeks, Barney Metcalf. Damn, man. It's out, it's out of order. <laughs> you said you would do them, and then you were here, so I'll just... I didn't say I'd do them, I said maybe. You said, well, that's... Yeah, whatever. And we're concluding our retrospective on the entire career of Christopher Nolan. We're finally done Nolan. with these. I think you should have done them um, out of order. Started at the end. Release. Then yeah. jump to the you know, the start, then to the middle, then back to the end. <laughs> back to the start. Yeah. I think I say you should have done it. Just put them in a random order and then just cover them like that. Yeah, and then just act like it's normal. <laughs> and then we are, for this final part, looking at Interstellar, Dunkirk, and Tenet in anticipation of Oppenheimer, which will be out this week, and we'll maybe talk about that a little bit at the end, because Harry, I think, has got some things to say about Oppenheimer, possibly. So, Barney, since you haven't been here the last two weeks, what's sort of your general thoughts on Christopher Nolan? Um, in general, I, I, I like Christopher Nolan a lot. Obviously, there, there are some of the films I like more than others, but um, mm-hmm. on the whole, I'd say I am a fan of, of Christopher Nolan. Mm. Well, uh, yes, as Harry, I think Harry and I, we've sort of talked, we were talking about this, that it's kind of controversial to, to like Christopher Nolan now. Cause I've he, he's, to... he's, he's become a real kind of symbol of like the Sigma males or the film bros. <laughs> And he's he's sort of in that, like, you know, how Quentin Tarantino, people started to turn on Tarantino at a certain point, and James Cameron, you know, all these sorts of directors who, like, were considered incredible filmmakers when they started, were, or, you know, consistently praised, and then they just sort of reached a certain point, and people were like, oh, these guys are kind of shit now. And just like with James Cameron and Tarantino, I don't really agree. I do think they aren't nearly as good as they as they used to be. It, it uh, but I still think I Chris overall is, he's he's post peak right now. I yeah, I, I think I said this last time. Um, post Inception, Christopher Nolan's yeah. career has been sort of on a slowly downward trajectory in terms of quality. Not to say, well, besides Dark Knight Rises, his post Inception films I don't think are bad. It's just they could be better. Yeah, so I've not seen... I still did not get a chance to see Insomnia, unfortunately. But yeah. I. But yeah, so... It's, it's, we're starting... I, I think I'm the one that has seen it then. Yeah, it's okay. It's yeah, cool. it's okay, yeah. I, well, no, Harry saw it, actually. Harry, Harry it, saw yeah. it. Oh, it was one of the only films that he didn't write on as well, and you can kind of tell. Yeah, it's because it's um, based on like a Swedish... Because, uh, but yeah, so we're starting with Interstellar, which is interesting because I remember because I at the time because Dark Knight Rises came out everybody loved it uh it was it was getting all this praise it's like one of the highest rated films on the IMDb top 250 which Harry and I have discussed is stupid uh that well, yeah. we, well the IMDb top 250 in general being stupid like Memento's like much lower than a lot of lot weaker films like it's like Nolan's fifth or sixth highest rated film on the site, which is a bit, which is a bit wild. low. A bit much, yeah, come on. 
As I say, it's. I mean, I'm it's, biased. Well, I, 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 think I, think I think it's firm with his second best film. What Behind do you think is the best film? The Prestige, baby. Yes, yes. I was. I've been. It's been sitting with me all week. The more I sit with it, the more I love the Prestige. Yeah, because Harry had not right. seen the Prestige. Oh, so. you lucky fucker! I watched and it for the first time, and I was like, "Exception." I don't. I, because I, I watched it for the first time, and I can't remember how critical I was on it, but I, I'm you looking fairly, at. His... I did give it a nine when we yeah. covered it last week. Yeah, I, I remember like really enjoying it, but I remember thinking that some bits were hit near here nor there but now i'm looking at his list and i'm like i don't know i think the prestige might be my favorite it's got this charm that i can't like explain yeah dark knight rises comes out gets all this praise you know everybody loves it it's you know one of the highest rated films of the year uh it's currently number 69 on imdb's top 250 of all time which is very high uh and then interstellar comes out and it gets a bit more of a mixed reaction, I remember. I remember people were talking like, this is Nolan's first mishap, this is shit, this is, you know, you, you terrible film. You memories of this. Well, I've, I, I, like, have listened to podcasts from, like, 2014 when it came out. Okay, so not And people oh, were just know about... bitching about it. I was going to say, it's very to... strange for a 10-year-old to be up to date with the yeah. internet <laughs> no, um, standing on Christopher Nolan. I, I want to make a... I, I think Interstellar's an alright film. It's, it's got I'm going to slide it off a resurgence. bit. I think people yeah. now I mean, like it's currently, it a more. Yeah, it's currently 26th. On IMDb's top 250 of all time. Okay, these people which is, hate themselves. Yeah, it's, and I'm and I'm someone who like on. uses IMDb a lot, and like, look, I I I talk a lot of shit about Letterboxd, and I think rightfully so because Letterboxd is shit, but IMDb is also shit, but just in a different way. <laughs> you know, like that. They're they're, 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 they're both they're both got stupid people on both sides, but in different directions. You know, <laughs> like. People who've got wild, like very strange opinions on films, you know. But it got like IMDb's a much more like film broy, like more populist type thing. Whereas Letterboxd is more of a, a, a arty, pretentious side of. But anyway, yeah, Interstellar. I I don't think it's amazing. I think there's a lot that I like about it, but I don't think it all comes together. First of all, I think it's a bit long. It's, oh yeah, it's a it's, very it's, long film. It's far too long, and I was and I was happy because I had to I had to watch Dunkirk for the first time for this, and when I saw it, it was like an hour forty two. I was like, thank God, because <laughs> I'm so used to Nolan having like two and a half to three hour like all, in that yeah. park, and I was like, thank God that Dunkirk is comparatively much shorter. Yeah, I think it's all right. I don't love it, but I do think... I think there's a lot... There's a lot I do like, but there's also a lot that I don't like that very much detracts from the film. And I don't know... I mean, of course, I don't know. I think Harry's going to be much more positive, I think. On Interstellar? On Interstellar, yeah. I'm not, like, a big... (laughs) Okay. So, just to jump right in, kiddos, I'm not a huge (laughs) fan of Matthew McConaughey as an actor. I think he's great, um, but it's but... very, it's, he just has that like tone that is very, I hard, I find it hard to get into the character and all not right, see right, Math- right. and not see just Matthew McConaughey. Like, like you I, can't, 
he never disappears into a character. It's yeah, just always it's, Matthew McConaughey. It's Matthew in. McConaughey. Like when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, look, Matthew McConaughey's a like a an astronaut. <laughs> I'm not thinking about the character being that astronaut. You know what I mean? Well, look, um, Matthew McConaughey's got AIDS. Yeah, yeah, that's the <laughs> favorite storyline of the Matthew McConaughey um, universe. But Matthew McConaughey's chatting to Jordan Belfort doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey's beating his chest in Matthew the McConaughey is No, I I get what you mean though. He's hard to. I mean, I like Matthew. I like Matthew McConaughey in this, but it's not like a. It's not a role. It's not like a performance that I'd be like, "Oh, this is an incredible performance." He does well. Like, I think he does well, especially given the the narrative that that Nolan sort of see. The thing with Nolan is that he loves to fuck with time. Time is his favorite thing. If you've ever watched a Nolan film, which I like to think that I have, um. <laughs> I've noticed you're not, that... you're, not, you're not sure, but you like to think that you've seen some of this film. I don't know. Maybe, maybe time is all jumbled up. You know, but but that's all. So that, we're going. That's like it's so all of a lot of what he writes anyway is focused on like the fixation of time and how it works and how it can be manipulated and it always has something to do with the end of the world. We'll talk about that in Tenet. I, I just. With this film, I feel like it's so. You can't. I couldn't watch it without comparing it instantly in my head to 2001's A Space Odyssey by Kubrick. <laughs> and I feel like it, it. It. It's almost. It's almost like a. Um, like an adaptation, but not at all. If that makes sense. They're, they're so similar in a lot of ways. But create like such a dissidence with the like they're, they're so so they're just so much... space movies. No, no, but there's distance because no, because it's about forwarding the production of man and having someone else help with the idea. See, in the film Two Thousand One Space Odyssey, it's the monoliths, right, that allow man to become something bigger. Whereas, or aid in man's like. Whereas in this film, it's the placement of the wormhole. I I don't know. I feel as if. This film focuses so much more on the character, and at that, than it than two thousand one space. Mm. I mean, does. it's worth like, acknowledging that this is kind of the first time in Christopher Nolan's career where he's kind of attempted to, you know, tell an emotional story. Yeah, and I think yeah, I, I think that's where a lot of the criticism yeah, that's what, that's what people got upset like, about. They were like, no. <laughs> and I okay, I I don't know if this is controversial to say. I don't know. I. Because uh, I, because we'll talk about Tenet later. Look, I'd rather a filmmaker try something new and fails than just sticking with the same old thing and not trying to progress or improve themselves as a filmmaker. I don't like. I'm of the idea that I'd rather have like someone go for something new that doesn't pan out yeah. than just see. The same thing again, you know, like yeah. Then then just seeing them beating a dead horse, like it's a tired concept. The idea of messing with time, Nolan. <laughs> um, but as you get like further into his into his discography, and especially with Interstellar, it is a much more personal story, and I think it suffers because of that. I think that it it like I think I I quite like the film. Don't get me wrong, 
Hans Zimmer really whipped out his big old horse long for this one. Um, <laughs> I think the whole he yeah. I there's not much to say about Hans Zimmer's work in this. It is, I think, yeah. one of his. Bonnie, best. I don't even think we've let you explain say what you think of uh, this film. I don't. <laughs> you you guys have just been monologuing, and I've just kind of been politely waiting for a gap. Yeah, <laughs> a Barnaby. I, I, I can't like Interstellar. Um, I think it's very. I, I'm not sure everything in it works, but I I've seen it mm. twice. Like, I think I can yeah. confidently say that I I do like the film quite a bit. There's one part of this film that makes it better for me. One specific part. You could we could say one person, and that person's Matt Damon. I love Matt Damon. Uh, oh, Matt Damon. I, I, I don't. Think, I, I don't like the Matt Damon stuff. No, no, no. The Matt Damon stuff. I think his character is like. It doesn't really do much for me. Like overall, he's like he's there and then he dies. It's just but, Matt um, Damon. But I like Matt Damon, so like, thank you. <laughs> I think the whole like weird kind of romance <laughs> sub sub subplot with Anne Hathaway is so stupid, and it makes like <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, it, it it feels like it's trying to do too much. Like with a with concept, like the whole idea of time being circular in the black hole and blah blah blah. A, a lot of this stuff with Nolan's science, it's easier to just not understand it and go with it. I mean, but, I, 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 I get it away by the time end. he goes into the black hole when he's in the weird yeah kind of cube. I'm place. just like when he's in the what the book yeah that bit. I'm just like yeah, okay, no, fuck it, just do do what you want at this point. I think. The thing with Nolan is I'm sure his movies probably do make sense if they are explained to you. Yeah, but they're not, like, he gets it. I'm sure, like, all his, all his like, like I'm sure Tenet probably makes I, sense there if must it's be explained to you. Where Tenet makes some sense. Ten, but Ten watching sense. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I think... But anyway, yeah, Matthew McConaughey, Matt Damon. There's there's a few women in this one. Yeah, he tried more, writing more than, women. More than expected. And Harry and I have talked about... Uh, Barnett, what's your perspective on this? We, we, we Harry and I talked about Nolan and uh, just killing off women or using them to, to further a male character's uh, plot. Like, Do you have any like perspective? Because like, I don't... I think a lot of people complain of we we've talked touches. People think Nolan's female characters are underdeveloped. But I'd kind of argue most of his characters are. <laughs> like beyond like even his protagonist, I'd argue. They're, they're all kind of, of vague. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's not really what Christopher Nolan does. Character pieces aren't his thing. Uh, in terms of the, the whole killing women to further the the, the men's story. <laughs> I think yeah, that is something he is guilty of. Um to, to the point that, you know, the, yeah, the plots mean, of Memento and the Prestige kind of kick off because of dead wives. No, I, but I think, like, I, and I'm not saying he's not guilty of it and it's, like, a common thing. I'm just sort of, like, I don't dead. find his lack... I, I'm not bothered by his lack of character development for the female characters because... Uh, I yeah, I don't think... Men, I mean, that's why I like the Prestige fun. because the char- I think the, the main... Characters in that it, are it's more of a, quite yeah. interesting, but yeah, there's a, there's a few there's a few women in this one guy Anne Hathaway who just has I, I've I've never understood the hate Anne Hathaway gets. Neither have I. Like, it's it just kind like of just been a thing years. where people are like ah oh, fucking Anne Hathaway, and, and I'm, I'm just, just kind of there in the corner, like yeah, yeah. What, why? 
and I've and I've and I've looked it up in the past. Like, why don't people like Anne Hathaway? Because I don't think she's an inherently dislikable person. You know, I, don't I think, think she's, people I think really she's got pissed at her great... when she won an Oscar, and the first thing she said was like, "Oh, yeah. it came true, like a wish or something." Um, but I know I think she's I think she's very talented. I think she's very good. I mean, in Les Mis, she's very great in like twelve minutes, and I think she's all right here. Um, I, I I'm not bothered about her in The Dark Knight Rises, but I don't think she's terrible. I think I think she's fairly yeah, alright. She's, she's doing this. a good job. I think mostly. Yeah. No, 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 no. You you were talking about character. I was just gonna quickly uh, mention on Anne Hathaway. Um, her character in this film is just like for me personally, kind of annoys the fuck out of me. But I'm just like I'm just like I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's, <laughs> I feel like it's Matthew McConaughey's story. <laughs> um, and I mean, she's it, just it like is, yeah. there, you're there for like a bit of the subplot, and it, and I'm like, I don't know. I feel like she's just there for so um, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's so, so Michael Caine fine. could film for some reason. We needed a Michael um, Caine daughter, baby. <laughs> but yeah, Michael Caine oh, making his Caine. obligatory Nolan appearance. Yeah, and to be like fair, Nolan Stanley. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's in it. He basically. I think, yeah. I think from Batman um, Begins onwards, he's in pretty much all of them, right? He's in the Prestige. He's in the Dark Knight. Is he in? Who's he in? Dunkirk? Oh, he's not in that. But he, I know he's in Tenet. I thought he, yeah, he's in all of them. So no. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Fortis oh, is leader. He? Uncredited. <laughs> He's not got a proper role. But... Yeah, as yeah, he's not role. like a. But yeah, but does Stan Lee have a proper role? Yeah, but, but the, the, the difference is that Michael Caine's actually an actor. Hey, you, look, yeah, it's you're, you're, you're using the, the Stan Lee thing as an argument, even though that's an argument, a constant, like a comparison that you made. Hey, look, old, look, old, look, I'm right. Uh, no. <laughs> Old white man appearing in cameos <laughs> and movies. Just let it be the Nolan canon. All just, of just... Michael Caine's characters are just actually the same person. Yeah, um, who else is in this film? I've got the cast Sorry, of Jessica Chastain. I really like Jessica Chastain. I think she's very good in, in Ooh, general. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's um, a solid talent. Uh, little Timmy Shamalama Ding Dong, he's in it. Yeah, Timothée. Young, young Timmy. He's, uh... I think this is like one of his earliest film roles as well. This is like one of his first films he did, but yeah, he's in it. And there's also Casey Affleck. Yeah, he's, he's the older version of uh, I mean, honestly, outside of Matthew McConaughey and maybe Jessica Chastain, yeah, I really like the um. About the I need to look up what the actor's name is. David Gia See the guy that plays Romilly, one of the other um astronauts. Uh, the one when they go down to the the big water planet, they come back and he's all. I like him. Uh, to be fair, I do think this film doesn't quite work at the emotional level it's trying to be pitched at. I, feel I think like some bits sort of, of it work, but uh, other, other stuff with um, you I know, th- I think yeah, the, I, I, when um, McConaughey leaves his house and his his daughter's getting all sad, and you know, the fact that he pretty much you know, misses her entire life, I think that works quite well. I do really like the scene where McConaughey, he's like watching the video of his daughter or whatever, and he's like, 
Yeah, I think I think that's a, a very good. Scene. I think that's actually a very. I don't good think scene. it's. It, it doesn't really particularly connect with me emotionally. I, I acknowledge that there is emotion there, but I'm like, oh, poor Matthew McConaughey. I don't really. Do that. And I just kind of I appreciate his acting. Yeah. I can do that, but I, I never think, oh, that's sad. I always had yeah. This film is. Uh, we haven't really talked that much about this film. It deals with time travel, which sort of. uh, yeah. I really yeah, like. A... I think. T- but there's a lot. Of, it's not really so, time yes. travel. It's like time relativity. I just feel yeah. like it's a lot of Nolan's. Like this, this isn't a foreign concept for Nolan, and I feel like a lot of his mm-hmm. films sort of hinder around the idea of time or time travel. And I feel like he hasn't figured out how it works. <laughs> and I feel like I'm smarter <laughs> than him, and he should just hurry up and figure it out, or I'm just going to tell him. Because the MCU and then broke their own film. rules. <laughs> Not to be like, oh, the MCU's better, but and yeah, then, no, and they broke, broke the, the rules. Yeah, yeah, they they broke the rules, but they still figured out like one that made sense in my brain. Like Back to the Future couldn't it? Any your new future cannot affect your old past. That should be a fundamental rule of time travel. Okay, no, I it's a good like it's a good science fiction film. I just feel like it struggles with the. With the characters, characters? Because, because it creates I mean, such a high yeah. concept and scope. Whereas when we're going to talk about mm. Dunkirk in a minute, Dunkirk mm. does scope a lot better than this film does. Is that because there are more sniper This, this film like really, really sacrifices, really sacrifices its... Ca- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I feel like... I feel like this this film, especially when like in comparison to something like 2001 A Space Odyssey, which a lot of, whether or not they're both set in space or not, it, there's always going to be the comparison just because of the importance of the film 2001. But I feel like the, the main difference is that it's supposed to be telling a personal story. But I feel like either it dives into the personal story too much at points where it takes away from the purpose mm-hmm. or the purpose takes away from the personal story <laughs> and they can't... The the two can't coexist in this film, but I feel like mm. I feel like there's a world yeah. they can, but I feel like the film that we were given they don't. I feel like Nolan was trying to do a bit too much with the film, yeah, and wasn't able to yeah. properly balance it all. So and it I, just I, I think he, he really like... needs to focus on and the I... emotional stuff if he wanted to include it in a film, because it does just kind of feel like. You know, a, a robot being yeah. like, what is this feeling you humans call love? And To talk about, I think, visually, I think this might be Nolan's best in terms of the the effects and the loca- I, locations and all that. I think, I, forget, I love the, the scene where they go to, like, that water, like, planet oh, or whatever. Yeah. It's, like, Shinhai or whatever. I think that's great, and I think that's a very... Uh, we, we talked about, sort of... Um, Hans Zimmer and how we sort of post there's like a certain like post like inception maybe Hans Zimmer's felt very lazy as a composer I would say this isn't part. one of those cases and I feel like no I'd say this is a pretty so- I mean I was referring oh, right. to stuff like Dune and that you know which is just shite but I think yeah the music here and, and Dunkirk as well I think this the, the score is very good uh, I don't. I wouldn't put it as Hans Zimmer's best. Um, honestly, I think Hans Zimmer's best for me would probably be like Rain Man, Lanky, man Lanky. or something. You know, one of his old films from you know a long a while. Ago. Yeah, maybe. 
like there's individual tracks in Kung Fu Panda that I think are like his best work, but I think as an overall package, yeah, Lion King or like Rain Man or something. Uh, but I think his, the score he's very good. I I don't know if it's because I watched this at home, but I wasn't bothered by the sound say, mixing. You guys about a lot of people have problems with the sound mixing. I think the sound, yeah, the sound. I wasn't bothered, and I don't know if it's because I was watching it at home and not in a cinema, because I did have that problem with Tenet um, when I saw it, but I wasn't bothered by the sound mix with either Dunkirk or Interstellar. I, I think I think people. How do I put this? I think there are valid complaints about Nolan. I think people just use them in the wrong situations. If that makes sense, like I think it's fair to criticize his sound mixing at times, but I don't think it's all all mm. of his sound mixing is bad. I just want it annoying because I'm like, that's what at least from what my saying. perspective. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have as much this. I mean, we've been recording for a little while already, but I just don't think. I think Interstellar gets a lot of praise that I don't think it is like it deserves. I I do think it is very overrated, but I don't dislike it. I I'd give it. Yeah, um, I give it a seven. I think maybe a bit generous. I'd give it an eight. I think there are some great kind of concepts for scenes and stuff in here, and I think visually it is very impressive. Um, although, you know, I think the emotional stuff is kind of hit and miss. Bits of it work, bits of it don't. But, yeah, eight. Yeah, it's a, it's a seven for me. I I think that it just... It, it's just not good enough to sort of live up to what it should be. And I think that hinders it. After that, I followed that up with Dunkirk, Ooh. which I watched for the first time last night. Great film. Um, Great film. I wouldn't uh, um, go that far. I'll, I'll I'd go say good film. And say quite a good film. film. Harry Styles, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, no. I Look, it's good. Don't get me wrong. Um, I had a weird thing with this film where I was fairly unengaged for the first like four, half of it. I was just like, I'm not, I don't really care. But once the sort of action sort of kicks off, like the, the, they get stuck in the like boat or whatever they're stuck in and that, then I started to get into the film and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. And and by the end, I really quite liked it. I, I, it took a while to get there, but yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was good. It, it, it just took a while to get to a point that I was enjoying it. I think this doesn't... This sort of falls a bit short. Because I feel like with war films, I kind of feel like there has to be a character, well, for me anyway, I kind of need a character story to follow. Something like 1917, for example, has a very good character story in there. And I feel like this film kind of is lacking that. I feel and like, I know that's sort yeah. of not the point of it, but I feel like it would work better if if it was doing that kind of thing at least from sort of my perspective oh i don't disagree with you my favorite war film is hacksaw ridge and it is pretty much a character film like through and Mm. through but i it is it it literally is told from the perspective of one guy we see this one one man no i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just i'm just finding it interesting that hacksaw ridge is your favorite war film well, that I'm not really a bi- I'm not a big war film person. It's between that or Mel Gibson's Gallipoli. <laughs> like <laughs> and Mel Gibson, um, yeah, Mel Gibson, Gibson direct Gallipoli. Yeah, I know, which is unfortunate. But I, I see, like, 
And you, oh no, you got Full Metal Jacket. You've got all quite on the like Western Front. I just think I quite like the like yeah, yeah, Axel Ridge. It's got I like Mel Gibson stars in it. It's directed. It's directed by Peter Weir, but it's Mel, yeah. Mel Gibson in the lead. Yeah. I feel like I don't know. I with this it it really shows the entire scope of the evacuation of Dunkirk, which three hundred thousand soldiers evacuated. From, mm-hmm. Like to tell that story from the perspective of one man would be doing it an injustice. Plus, mm-hmm. I also want to mention this is like the third or fourth Nolan film with both Killian Murphy and Tom Hardy. Um, so go, <laughs> go oh, them. Still got a uh, funny mask on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like the scope. So yeah, I watched it yeah last night, and um, yeah, it it took a while for me to get into the film and enjoy it, but. But yeah, once it all sort of is kicking off and all the all the actions happening, I quite liked it. it for um, me, I, I I do quite like the I film. Love some good it stuff doesn't really there. play out like a story. Uh, it just kind of it plays out like a sort of yeah, a series of a series of events. Nah, depicting it's just sort of a series the of evacuation events. of Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, but because I'm I'm not sure Which you can. Fine, get I don't I don't like story there other than. We're just waiting for the boats to arrive, or you make your main characters, yeah, people on the boat I, I, to save them. But that's not really about Dunkirk. Yeah, I guess it. Yeah, depends on. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Whereas, yeah, rather, like, rather than is focusing just on like you know, these hundreds of you know, people that Dunkirk on the beach. Yeah, um, but yeah. So yeah, as, as was mentioned before, Killian Murphy. Uh, uh, Who I is he in this? Before, I think oh, he, he's like a show really like of things. Isn't he? Um, I appro- he's um, yeah, he's a sh- yeah, and they want to like go back to the whatever, and he's like, no, I can't do that. Um, but yeah, I like Killian Murphy. Yeah, no, I think he, I think he's a good actor. Uh, I was surprised to see yeah, Barry Yogan. I, I think that's how you say his name. I still don't know. I've heard Yogan. his name said many different ways, but I think it's Barry Keoghan. Um, yeah, I really like Barry Keoghan. I, I think he's, he's in this, actually, yeah. Um, who else? Yeah, Harry Styles. Um, I don't know what the yeah, fuck Harry Styles is. I can do without <laughs> Harry Styles, Why is he suddenly honest, decided like... that he's doing acting? No. And, and of all of the films I to don't... pop it up in first. I don't know. Dunkirk. I really what? don't know, because... Yeah, like... I don't, I don't, yeah, and I just find Harry Styles to be a weird, uh, like, why is he, like, I know he's a, he's a, he's a musician, he was part of One Direction, which is, like, fine, you know, I've not listened to their music, you know, you've got Kenneth Branagh, yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about Kenneth Branagh in general, because yeah. <laughs> I really liked him in the Harry Potter film he was in. But I don't think he's a very good filmmaker. I think he's a very... I don't he's not think good, he's... though. I wouldn't go to say bad. I just don't think he's got a lot to offer. No, he's not good. But he's, you know, um, he's a bloody Oscar winner. I, had, I don't... Like, that's just weird. Oh, yeah. No, it's for original screenplay for Belfast. Mm. Yeah, I think the... I think, like, the action, the way it's all... Sh- like, the cinematography, as expected with Nolan, is fantastic, because 
it's Nolan, you know, he's, he's, he's very good at the whole, film uh, the filmmaking, isn't he? No, it's just like in his films, like he's, he's always got, it's always, no, but I mean his film, like the oh, cinematography so is think, always great. Like as well. Not, not Wally Fister. He, Wally Fister didn't do this one. No, but he doesn't use shot lists. Well, fucking, how annoying must that be? The, the biggest um, thing that was a plus about this film for me was that it managed to cover the scope without, I think, I think purposefully as well. Um, it's the first Nolan film I feel like I've watched where I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's more about the situation, I guess, than it is to the characters. Yeah, it's yeah. more about the evacuation of Dunkirk. That falls over and hits his head and dies. Tommy or George or, I don't know, like... Yeah, yeah, it's he like, becomes very joking, just actually bonks his head on something and he dies. Yeah, yeah, he, he falls down some, yeah, it's very steps and he, he, and he's like, he like he hits his head or something and then he's like, Oh, I'm blind. Yeah, yeah in the middle of like, a war, blind. I feel like that's one of the was, most English way to I, die is during but, a war. Yeah, he's like, I can't see, and then he and then he dies. We're meant to feel uh, sad. I certainly don't think you're meant to be well, like, oh, no. oh, look, I don't know. There's, there's like a moment. There's like, ha, little prick had it coming. There's a. I think you are meant to feel upset about it. I sort of thought that the film was very good at being able to create tension. Like in the scene where they're in sort of the boat and there's like, they're being shot, the boat's being like shot yeah. at or whatever. Like the target. I thought that was very engaging scene and then when it starts to flood and they've got to like plug the holes but then some guy gets like shot in the eye or whatever and he's like ah you know and, you know as you do when you get shot oh, in the eye, like, ah. yeah. um but yeah i i think because this film isn't particularly dense in narrative <laughs> but is really just i feel like almost looks like they filmed a war oh uh, well where it's it is a very heavy trauma <laughs> It's a heavy dramatized, like it's really it's got a really nice production value. Beyond belief, like any war film mm. is, but it's like, but I think yeah. a lot of these shots, the cinematography and the cinematography, the the actual yeah, fact yeah. that, like, even the to fill in the extras, they used cardboard cutouts and they didn't use CGI. And the planes really were real, like vintage war, like Spitfires. I don't know. I feel like it's just a beautiful film, um, shot wise. Uh, the the the, practi- the practicality of it, I really like the sound design in it. There's not much to speak mm-hmm. again about the characters. Yeah, but this one they do it purposefully. But I feel like the other Nolan films, it's like he doesn't purposefully misuse the characters as much as he does just focus on the overarching like plot. Uh, whereas mm. I think from a narrative perspective, it it doesn't it he's not missing out on the characters. It's like per- like it's purposeful. Where I feel like, let's say in Inception, there are some characters that feel underdeveloped um, because of the plot is such a like expand like because it's such a expensive idea that a lot of the characters suffer because of that in the in Inception. Same with Interstellar. Mm. Yeah, I guess we move on to ratings for Dunkirk. Yeah, um, I give it a very weak and maybe very generous eight. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I've got a kind of. Unstable seven point five. Yeah, I give it a strong seven to strong seven and a half to week eight. Um, and mm. that just comes from I again I really do like the film. I feel like I just for me I cherish character a lot more in a film than 
Anything else? I mean, yeah, I, I, I generally do, but I mean, if a film isn't trying, I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess it depends. I guess it depends on what it is, but I kind of, if there's more of a character element to it, maybe. But I guess, it, yeah, I don't know if the film would work as well. Um, but so yeah, Dunkirk, one of only two Nolan films to get a Best Picture nominee nomination, which is interesting. Best Picture was really good. You we're going to end this all, all off with, uh, with Tenet. I think this was, the f- this was the first film I saw at the cinema in, like, like I think the, lo- like, the last film I'd seen prior to Tenet was, like, The Invisible Man in, like, February. And then about, yeah, six, seven months later, I saw Tenet in cinemas because Nolan was very, very... Uh, insistent on it going into cinemas at a time where cinemas uh, shouldn't have been open. And, you know, people were getting COVID and dying every day. Uh, But he was very insistent on that. Uh, And then uh, he... (laughs) This is also the last film he he will, well, for now anyway, produce with Warner Brothers because they decided to basically be like hey next year we're gonna put all our films on hbo max as well as in cinemas because some people can't go to the cinema and he's like uh that's terrible why would you do that that's the death of cinema and it's like dude people can't go into the cinema some people just yeah i like nolan but he gives off a bit of a crybaby vibe when it comes to the whole covid cinema thing what he yeah he's he's a very big proponent of like cinema you know how you know streaming ill you know i i remember when spielberg was getting upset because netflix films were getting oscar nominated and he's like they shouldn't be nominated guys they should be nominated for emmys because they're technically tv films which doesn't make any sense either to be honest that's that's very strange but it's just like there's a certain era a cert, like a certain age of filmmakers like oh cinema's dying guys and it's just like well mm. I, it's, uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's definitely not the same thing. I think, but to be honest, would I don't know? Would Tenet have done as done better even without COVID? Because I feel like no, that's the not reception a great film. wasn't that. The reception was not that amazing for Tenet. I feel like it was, it was very mixed. I'm just looking at now, seven point three on IMDb, which I feel like is a bit higher than I thought it would have been. To be honest. Uh, 69% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 3.4 on Letterboxd. So not... That's actually not too bad, to be honest. Um, but to be fair, would this have done better I think I'd have if COVID wasn't... Was I mean, it would have done better, but I don't know if, how much better it would have done. Uh, just be... I, think, I, think I it mean... Y- yeah, this is one of the weakest Nolan films. I mm. think we can all agree. Mm. I'd say it's probably the weakest. But it's not amazing. It, I um, <laughs> yeah. I really, man. I wish I'd prepared a quiz for this because that would have been a lot more fun to have a, a fun quiz at the end of this. The thing is, we were meant to have another person on who unfortunately could not do it, uh, and I think they would have been able to offset our uh, negativeness. I think I think they would have been more positive than us. Um, look. I do not hate Tenet. I think there's a lot of great ideas at play. 
I just think, from my memory of seeing it, because I did not rewatch it, which maybe I should have, but I didn't feel like watching a two and a half hour film again that I'm not a big fan of. I feel like it probably could make sense and possibly does, but it just doesn't. I just I just remember coming out of it being like, so what the fuck happened? <laughs> you know, I was just like, what is? Look, well, no. I, the thing is, I don't think. I think generally, when people are like, oh, Nolan's so clever. It's like, is he though? Like Inception, I don't get people who are like Inception's hard to figure out. I'm like, no, it's not. Pretty sure it's pretty simple. I thought Inception made is like very obvious in what it's doing. Hey, with Tenet, this has to be the most dense and stupidly <laughs> confusing fucking ex- like use of time in any film. It's basically the bullet, the bullet because like time rel- the relativity, right? Theory of relativity. Time, everything's relative, so it's time. So the bullet experiences time, and we experience time, and the bullet is reversed because its experience of time is reversed because of a future fallout of nuclear, nuclear radiation of the end of the world that this guy causes. I don't know. I don't know. Like, just be better. Why? 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 Do you, <laughs> Nolan's whole shtick is trying to confuse him, and I feel like Nolan confused himself making this film. No, because <laughs> can either of you actually make sense of how it works? I didn't. I mean, I saw it once three years ago, but no, I I feel like, and this is a film. I was just looking at Sensible letterboxed view. ratings of people I follow, and most people seem to give it like a seven. Um, a, a, like three people give it a nine, which is fucking Wild. insane like that is insanity and i feel like this is a film that i i've um i i read a letterboxd review from someone i follow and they rewatched this film the other day and they said something to the effect of that you know they, they love the complexity of the plot um and see i i, I are there a lot of films that i like where um you know they are, I guess, complex, and they're like, you know, I compare it to, you know, you take your, your wired headphones out of your pocket, you need to untangle them. It's kind of, it's rewarding in the end. But Tenet is like, you take your headphones out of your pocket, you have to untangle them, then you give up and you throw it into the road, and then a car runs over yeah. them and it causes a multi-car pile-up, and it's just an absolute mess. I just don't, I feel like this is a film, though, that people are like, oh, you just don't get it because you're... Stupid, and it's like no, I actually don't think it makes any sense. It, it doesn't. It's it's shit. That's no, it's not shit. It's just it's not. It's I just I find the discourse around it kind of annoying because people are like, oh, this is the worst film ever. I'm like, eh, don't go that far. People are like, oh, you're just a moron and you don't get it. Like, I, okay, I then you're a dumb it, fuck too. All right, shut up. You know, like it, it just it's like it's fine. It is a fine movie. It is a movie that exists and that I just can do without though. Like I don't know what it, why it needed to be made. Yeah, I, I again, I just the characters are just whatever. I mean, you're calling your main character the protagonist. Like, come on, like that's just not. Uh, that just seems so lazy, doesn't it? Like that's just not. You know, I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, maybe I, I don't know. I like Robin Pattinson. I think he's a good actor. Um, yeah. I think. 
well, also, he gained a lot of respect when he said method actors were dicks. I appreciate that, because they, most of them are. <laughs> you know? Like, I, 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 I also appreciate that he was like, yeah, I'm not gonna get massively ripped for Batman. I'm not gonna kill myself for this role, which is good. That's much better. That's, that's a good idea. Um, but yeah, I think he's alright in this. I think it's probably my favourite part of the film, to be honest. I don't know. Um, who even was Aaron Taylor Johnson in Tenet? I have no memory of his character. He he was um I... so so you know when you watch you know yeah. in the end of Tenet where they're they're doing the big thing and they're they they're doing the like the they're in the army oh, base thing. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And yeah the, he's the guy he's the army soldier with the beard that goes in the tunnel with the the protagonist. I've, yeah. I've just looked him up and there's like three pictures of him in the film and then there's just a bunch of pictures of him in a suit at like red carpets. Yeah, look up Bullet Train Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> I've I've seen You just you just want to talk about Aaron Taylor Johnson, mate. You you brought him up. Yeah, well, I'd let him sucks. go. I'd let him go. You you can't be bringing back up Aaron Taylor Johnson and not me talking about how good he was in Bullet Train Kick-Ass Quicksilver. He's going to be Craven the Hunter. If he does not work as Craven the Hunter, I'm sorry, he does not. Fit he that does. Way. Look at the photo. Oh my god, he looks like a great Craven. Again, I feel like there's try- trying to do more character stuff. I feel like, well, or trying to. I think Nolan was, and it doesn't work as well. Like, like the whole Elizabeth Debicki and her son doesn't really feel. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't have that much to say about the film. It's kind. Of, I'm just really nothing on it. Yeah, I just didn't, like, get what was happening. Oh, yeah, I thought the sound mixing was fucking dreadful when I saw it. I literally thought my ear, I was going to go deaf. It was so loud, I could And half the characters are wearing masks, so it's just like, oh, this, 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 this. I'm giving you dialogue that you can't make out. Because I have an oxygen mask in front of my face. Literally worse than Bane. At least with Bane, I can make out Bane's dialogue. I thought the I thought the music was nice. Uh, wasn't wasn't done by Hans Zimmer, done by Ludwig Göransson. I at the time I thought it was very good, but I don't remember any tracks. But it's done by Ludwig Göransson, who I'm a big fan of. I think Ludwig Göransson is great. Um. Yeah, I just think this film... It's also long, it's like two and a half hours. Oh, it's, it's so like, long. I've got it at 6.5. Um, I give it a very weak 7. I, I think I will watch it again someday, just so that I can be like, yeah, fuck this movie, 3 out of 10. I, I don't know if I ever want to watch it again, to be honest. That's the thing. It's not like The Prestige or Inception or anything like that. I'm like, oh, mate, if that... Like, if I catch it on TV, I'm just be like, oh, Tenet? No. But if I caught like Inception, or whatever, like yeah, I'll watch this. It's like a five and a half for me. It just got no fucking character. The in the like no character. The whole storyline is so stupid. Like oh, <laughs> they they use a T.S. Eliot quote, and it annoys me because it, it's just not worth the film. Five and a half. <laughs> yeah, I just think there's a lot of missed opportunity. The idea of like going backwards, like it, like you know, and and and. A pal- it's not yeah it's not really a palindrome i feel like it has some great ideas it just doesn't fully use them and i'm willing to give nolan credit for having some interesting ideas but that doesn't mean i have to appreciate them or think they're well handled 
It's just fine. But if it wasn't made, I would not yeah, give a shit. Um, and so, yeah, that is Nolan's filmography finally done. Cool. We've got a uh, time this into Oppenheimer, which uh, seeing this week opening day, yeah. pairing it with Barbie because I'm I've literally got nothing better to do with my life, and Bob I will and happily sit in a cinema. Are you to, watching it in yeah. IMAX? No, just because oh, of the way. William. Well, the that was the only way I could make it work. I think like I'm gonna look at like times now, but yeah. Oppenheimer. Um, I've like not seen any. Days, I've avoided like promotional material for the two films. Like I, I've, I've barely seen anything. Like I know what it's about. You know, there are no IMAX screenings of Barbie. That's a bit annoying, isn't it? I could have done Barbie at ten a.m. and then done like a twelve p.m. Actually, no, that wouldn't have worked because it would have gone in. It would have spilled over. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. So, um, yeah, Oppenheimer, Killian Murphy. I think I, kill, I think I think Killian Murphy will probably do very good. I I do wonder though how well the character elements. This seems like a very character based film, and Nolan isn't very good at that, as we've established. Um, but I'm doing I'm doing Barbieheimer. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it though. It should be good, I reckon. And Barbie, I. I want Barbie to be good. I want to be wrong about Barbie. I want to like it, but I've not been sold on Greta Gerwig, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't do a double feature because I have work. So I'm. Um, imagine. Imagine having. I mean, a... I have work too. Yeah. <laughs> Full on nine to five job, <laughs> like a proper adult job. Yeah, it sucks. No, it's um, it's fine. I but I'll watch Barbie uh, another night. I'm not too. Amped up about. Well, yeah, Harry, you were saying, yeah, you were saying off this that like you were really excited for Oppenheimer. You like were really I'm looking forward to it. So excited for Oppenheimer! I just have this like, I've looked at all the promotional material material available for it. The poster looks a bit terrible though, doesn't it? It's just a very, it's a, it's a barrage of orange, and it doesn't. It's really it red, it. yeah, but it's better than floating heads. Like I don't need to see Killian Murphy and Matt Damon and bloody what is it the guy Brandon the the dude who plays Roderick from Diver Wimpy Kid. So thank you all for joining us for this week's <laughs> episode. Uh, Nolan's career is finally done. We don't have to talk about it again. Um, well, until Oppenheimer comes out, and we'll discuss that in the review of the year. And hopefully by then, I will have seen Insomnia, and Harry will have seen. Uh, following. Thank you both for joining me. This was a bit out. Was a bit all over the place. I felt like <laughs> no real structure. Like just a sort lot of... of Nolan's films. Well, I'd say they have structure. I just say they have, you know, uh, good. They they have a sort of out there structure. Sort of yeah. there. They're going against the form, and I'm rambling on. Uh, so yes, thank you all for this listening to this week's episode. I hope hope you've enjoyed this Nolan retrospective because we won't be doing another one of these for a little while. So oh. hope you all have enjoyed this week's episode, and I'll see you all in the next one. Goodbye. <laughs>